Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. This is our third week in the series, I Appreciate You. Next week, we're going to finish this series the, uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. But uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've shared the first week how gratitude guides our attitude. How if you have a, if, you, if you're a grateful person, it will guide the rest of your attitude in your life. Last week I shared about how gratitude impacts our relationships. Where when we practice gratitude, guess what? We find a, va- a, a greater value in who God is in our life. And when you practice gratitude, when you're just grateful, guess what? You're going to have better relationships that surround you because you see the value of people. You see the value of parents. You see the value of your child, of friendships, of co-workers. And guess what? That improves your relationships. Today I want to share a story with you that is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. And I encourage you, if you're watching today online or here, just open up your Bibles. We're going to spend the entire time in this passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 7. And I forgot to dismiss Echo J. High. Echo J. High, you guys are dismissed. I usually do pretty good, and today I forgot. Um, so Luke chapter 7, uh, if you can turn your Bibles to Luke, we're going to read out of that passage of Scripture. I don't know that there is a better story in the Bible that illustrates I appreciate you more than the story about the woman with the alabaster jar. And we're going to talk about that today. Let's just open up in prayer before I read God's word. Lord, I pray that today your word will take life in us. That, Lord God, it just won't be words on a page, but it will be words that penetrate our hearts. And, Lord God, that it would be life-changing for us. Um, I pray, God, that each and every Sunday, as we come and learn your word, and as we pray, and as we worship you, that we would just continue to grow um, in you, Lord God. And I pray that will take place today, in Jesus' name. And everyone said? So we're going to read out of Luke chapter 7. We're going to start in verse 36, and you can follow along with me. We're going to read through the end of the chapter here. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him to saw this, he told himself if this man were a prophet, He would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, this is not Simon Peter, this is Simon the Pharisee. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave both debts. Now, which of them will love him more. Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt, uh, the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged cor- correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, 
But she wept my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love is shown, but whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I want to look at this story today from a perspective of gratitude. I don't think any of us can deny that this woman was grateful. We cannot deny her appreciation for Jesus. So what lessons can we learn from this, from this story that where we can find greater gratitude in our life? And I want to I experience, I want to see from this story how gratitude can impact our lives. The first thought I want to share is this. Gratitude can be a form of worship. Here are some of the immediate things that we know within the story. As we read this story, let me just highlight three things that we know from the story. We know this woman had lived a sinful life, right? Declares it, right, as we begin to read. We know this woman had, um, we know this, that she had heard that Jesus was dining at Simon's house, the Pharisee. We also know that she brought this jar of alabaster, or this jar of perfume with her as well. Now it's important to know, this is not the same story that is found in Matthew and Mark. Sometimes we put all these stories together, of the, the woman with the alabaster jar who pours out few, uh, uh, perfume upon Jesus, and we just combine it because it's found in all four of the Gospels. But I want to tell you today that, that this, this story in Luke is distinct from the other two stories. The other two stories that are found in Matthew and Mark, those stories happen right before Jesus' crucifixion, within the week of Jesus' crucifixion. And it really is a story about the anointing of Jesus before he goes to the cross. It's really kind of a, uh, what they used to do is anoint the bodies before burial. She literally anointed Jesus before his crucifixion. This is not that story. This happens probably a year, a year and a half before Jesus is crucified. This didn't happen in Bethany. The other two stories happened in Bethany. This story happened in Galilee. So I just want to clarify, it's not the same story, it's a different story, but this is a story not so much about a a woman who anoints Jesus, this is a story about a woman who finds forgiveness. This is a story about a woman who is so grateful for her Savior that she comes and brings perfume and she anoints Jesus in a way of gratitude, thanking him over and over again. It's a story of appreciation. Now, in Jesus' day, it was customary that you would recline when you, were seat, when you were eating. You didn't sit at a table like we do. They would usually have a lowered table, and you would either lay sideways or you would lay with your, with your elbows down, and that's how you would eat in Jesus' day. Jesus was reclining at the table when she came from behind, and she was weeping. She used her tears and I don't know, you know, she came with this alabaster jar, but she didn't come anything to, with, with anything to wash Jesus' feet. I don't know if this was all of a sudden, but she came in there and she started to cry. She started to weep. And with her very tears, she started to wash Jesus' feet. She then took her long hair and she started to dry his feet. And then she kissed Jesus' feet as a sign of, of just affection, as a sign of her love for him. And, and she poured perfume 
an ointment over his feet. And as you read this story, I think you agree with me that the actions that are taking place go way beyond serving. Her actions represents her worship towards Jesus. It signifies her appreciation for the Savior. It kind of reminds me of the Psalms, Psalm 100, verse 4, where it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him, and praise his name. I see this woman entering into this home, and she enters in, and she experiences the presence of Jesus. She begins to weep, and her tears represent her praise. She's entering into the courts of Jesus. Now, we don't know if Jesus had encountered this woman before as part of the crowds that Jesus had crowds that were following him. We don't know if he had encountered her prior to this. But we can conclude this. And as you read the story, you kind of have to read the story and find out if Jesus had already encountered her and forgiven her prior to and she's coming out of gratitude or if she's coming now because she needs her forgiveness of sin. She's asking Christ and she finds forgiveness. Either way, we know that the story is about the forgiveness of her sins. It reminds us that thanksgiving is a form of worship because she comes in there to worship the Savior. As I shared over the last couple of weeks, it is God's will that we show our appreciation towards him. David writes these words in Psalms 107 verse 1. He says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. We need to include gratitude in our prayers. We need to be grateful when we come to the Lord and we start to pray. We need to include gratitude. We need to give thanks to the Lord. So many times what we do is we come to prayer and we just start to list the things that we need. God, I have this problem. I have that problem. I have this problem. We just start. That's not necessarily in my, that's not worship. That's just, and we're supposed to bring our requests to the Lord. So there's nothing wrong with that. But what would happen in our life if we entered into his courts with praise? If we entered in his courts with thanksgiving, Lord, you are good. Lord, you are wonderful. Lord, you are great. Lord, you are awesome. What would happen to the heart of God if we just started to praise and give our worship and our thanksgiving to the Lord? Worship is standing before God in humility and recognizing his greatness and recognizing his power. This is what's happening with this woman. This is what I want you to get from this story. She's, and she's not even invited to this house. She just comes in. And, and, you, and you see her, as soon as she's entering in, she's overwhelmed with the presence of Christ. She's humbled and grateful to be before Jesus. Gratitude is the first step. If you're going to write something down, write this down. Gratitude is the first step in opening our hearts in worship. If you really want to be a worshiper, open up your hearts and lead with gratitude. The second lesson that we can learn from this woman's story is this. Gratitude is a reflection of her humility. When this woman was washing Jesus' feet, Simon the Pharisee was criticizing Jesus in his thoughts. Anybody ever done that? Have you ever been with someone or you, or you see someone walking through and all of a sudden you see them do something really crazy and you, start, you just start criticizing them? You don't say it out loud, of course. But you start criticizing them in your thoughts. You start thinking, what, what's going on with this person? Simon was thinking of, 
if this Jesus dude is really, if he's really a prophet, if he really is who he claims to be this prophet, when he would know who this woman is, he would know that this woman is sinful. He would never allow for this woman to touch his feet if he understood who she was. The only problem is Jesus was a prophet. He did know who was washing his feet. And he was actually reading Simon's thoughts. Can you imagine all of a sudden when you're thinking about someone, you, you're, you see someone come in and they're rude to somebody else or whatever else, and you're, you're criticizing them in your thoughts, and all of a sudden they turned around, why? And they answered you? Can you imagine? Wouldn't that be freaky? This is what happens in the story. Simon is thinking these thoughts, and all of a sudden Jesus answers him. Said, Jesus said, Simon, if a money lender loaned two people money, 500 denarii to one and 50 to the other, and decided to forgive both of their debts, who do you think would be more grateful? Simon responded, I suppose the one of whom the canceled the debt was the most, the larger debt. Jesus responded, that's right. Basically, those who have been forgiven much love much. It's the idea that those who, they have more reasons to be grateful. But today I want to contend that there's more to this story than just that. We read some stories, we look at them from a, from a perspective, we catch the main meaning, and then we don't go deeper into the story. And I think there's something deeper in the story. There's a lesson that Jesus is trying to reveal to Simon. It's understanding that it's hard to be forgiven much when you're perfect and have no faults. How can you be forgiven much if you're perfect, my wife has claimed a few times, it's hard to live with Jesus. You know, she said, make anybody out there, can you know, come on, feel me? How can you be forgiven much if you don't recognize your own faults? Let me just explain for a moment. Throughout Scripture, if you read your Bible, if you read through the New Testament, you know the Pharisees viewed themselves as more righteous than others. They were self-righteous. They had this tendency not to see their own sins. They had a tendency to see the sins of others. And this is a perfect example. Simon immediately recognized this woman's sins. She walks in the door. She starts to cry. She tears up. She's, she's weeping. Enough tears to wash Jesus' feet. That's a lot of tears. She must have drank a lot of water before she entered in there, man, to get that many tears out. She's watching, and Simon immediately recognizes the woman and recognizes her sin. And thinking through this whole process. And all she, he had for this woman was judgment. No mercy, no grace, no heartfelt compassion for her, just judgment. If Simon was humble, he could have learned a valuable lesson from this woman. This sinful woman recognized her sinful state and approached Jesus with humility. She approached Jesus with repentance. She was broken before Jesus, her Savior. She didn't think of herself worthy. She acknowledged her condition and recognized that Jesus had the power to forgive her sins. It was her brokenness and her humility that gave her the ability to see the truth. So many times in our lives we're, we're, we can't see the truth. And many times I think why we can't is because of pride. When we become broken and humble before Christ, all of a sudden the truth becomes clear. 
It was her brokenness and humility that gave her the ability. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, verse 11, he says, For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. It's hard to find God's blessings unless you're first willing to see your need. It's hard to find God's blessings unless you're first willing to see your need. This woman recognized her great need and was forgiven much. It's important to note that in verse 39, we see Simon, she, he recognizes her as a sinner, sinner. He immediately recognizes her as a sinner. But what's missing? He doesn't recognize himself as a sinner. Come on, somebody. They were going someone. This place is quiet today. He doesn't recognize himself as a sinner. Yet we know the Bible says that all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. This woman's gratefulness was born out of her humility, the ability to see her own sin. And as a result, she received forgiveness from Jesus. But Simon's pride hindered him from ever receiving anything from Jesus. He didn't appreciate Jesus. His pride blinded him with his own self-righteousness instead of understanding that he had the Savior in his home. And miracles could have taken place. You see, gratefulness is a great way, and catch this, gratefulness is a great way to measure your humility. If you really want to understand, you know, am I living, if, if you're living a grateful life, most likely you're living somewhat a humbled life as well. The third lesson we learn from this story of this woman's life is gratitude responds with generosity. We know this woman entered into the room humbled with humility. But she also entered the room with a heart of generosity. There was no holding her back. She, she, she responded generously to Jesus. It's interesting to compare the differences between Simon the Pharisee and this sinful woman. I'm sure Simon had many more resources than this woman did. Yet it was the woman in the story that gave generously. She gave of herself. Jesus pointed out to Simon, man, Simon, I entered into this, your home. You didn't give me any water to wash my feet. That was a custom. You'd walk into a home because they wore sandals. Their feet were dirty. You'd get water. You'd wash your feet. You'd have a towel. You'd dry. You didn't give me any of that. You didn't greet me with a kiss when I walked into your home. You, you, you didn't. Simon, you, you, didn't even, you didn't greet me. You didn't, give me. you didn't give me water. You didn't give me any oil for my head, which was another custom that they would get oil to just kind of clean up. And he, he didn't have any oil for his head. And it really speaks to Simon's intentions for inviting, for inviting Jesus into his home. His invitation wasn't so much to honor Jesus. It appears to me that his invitation was really more to find fault about Jesus. Because we know that the Pharisees were constantly challenging Jesus. Constantly looking into Jesus' life in a deeper manner. If it was truly to honor Jesus, the customary hospitality that were offered to guests, Simon would have offered that to Jesus. If he was truly appreciative of who Jesus was, he would have opened up his house. He would have had every. He didn't. This was by no accident, I'm telling you. We've got to evaluate the intentions. We can also assume with some assurance that Simon probably invited other guests into his home, likely friends and maybe neighbors, so that they could get this closer look at. Who, who this man Jesus really was. I don't know, have you ever gone into someone's home where you didn't feel welcomed? You were invited as a guest and you walk into the home and you just feel like, like, like something's not right. 
And I've had, Annette and I have had this happen a couple different times in our lives. And you walk in and, and you've been invited over the home. And then as you walk through the, the, the time together, you just, you, know, you just feel like you're just there. And all of a sudden you find out there was an agenda. There's something on more than just wanting to build relationships. There's, there's a plan, there's an agenda that they're trying to, to fulfill or try to accomplish. And I believe this is the situation in which Jesus finds himself. Jesus entered this home where he doesn't feel welcomed. It's not until this woman, an outsider, enters into the home where he feels appreciated and honored. Simon wasn't truly grateful that Jesus was in his home. Otherwise, he would have responded with generosity. This sinful woman was the person who responded with a heart of generosity. She gave her tears. She, so she soiled her hair. In those days, I mean, I think in today as well, uh, one of the beauty of, of a woman is her hair. But in those days, it was, it was 100%. Uh, the beauty of a woman was her hair. In fact, that's one of the reasons why they a lot of times wore something over their hair, just not to turn guys' heads, not to cause people to go into lust. Their hair was beautiful. She took her long, beautiful hair, and she soiled her hair by drying the feet of Jesus. You want to talk about generosity? Then she had this alabaster jar, and she poured this perfume over Jesus. See, Simon wasn't truly grateful that Jesus was in his home. Otherwise, he would have responded with generosity. This sinful woman was the one who responded with generosity. She kissed Jesus' feet out of love and affection. And I can't help but keep, think about that scripture that's found in Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7, where it says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Here is Jesus himself. He is good news. Jesus himself is standing before him before her, bringing her the good news, bringing peace and salvation to this woman who is broken before him. She recognized the feet of the Savior, and she's lovingly kissing his feet out of gratitude. She pours perfume over Jesus' feet. And those, that perfume was a much more extravagant gift than Simon should have given. Simon should have given oil for his head, which was a less costly gift. She gave a much greater gift by breaking this, this oil, this, this perfume, this ointment over Jesus' feet. This woman spared no expense. She gave generously. And it serves as a lesson for all of us to remember. And catch this thought. Grateful people are generous people. Can you say that with me? Grateful people are generous people. See, out of a heart of gratitude, she was willing to give everything to Jesus. Generosity is a great way to measure our gratefulness. Are we generous or are we stingy? Grateful people are generous. The last lesson I want to share with you today from this, from this woman's story is this. Gratitude opens the door for miracles. Um, this woman gave generously to the Lord out of gratitude. And it reminds me of the words that Jesus spoke in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, where it says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, uh, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. 
This woman gave of herself. She opened up her heart and became vulnerable to the Savior. And she gave generously of all of her resources. Because of her faithful actions, Jesus honored her by forgiving her of her sins and giving her peace. One of the greatest miracles that we can ever experience in our life is finding the forgiveness of sins. And we blow right past it many times. But it's one of the greatest miracles we never have. And the other thing that, one of the greatest miracles that we can ever have is peace. You know how much money some people would give just to have peace? And as she entered this room, she was broken before Christ. She was humbled before him. She had a heart of gratitude. And God said, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Jesus gave this woman what she desired. I believe gratitude towards God is a catalyst that opens the door for miracles to happen in your life. I'm going to say it again. I believe gratitude before God is the catalyst that opens up the doors for miracles to start happening in your life. For my very first message in this series, remember we talked about the ten lepers. And it was, remember, Jesus healed what? How many did he heal? Did he heal five lepers? Seven lepers? How many? He healed all ten lepers. If you remember in the story, there was only one that returned back to Jesus and gave him thanks. Only one came back to give thanks. But the one that came back, Jesus said, he looked at her and said, you are healed. Now, Jesus already healed the leper physically. But Jesus is really saying, I am making you whole, completely healing. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, mind, soul, and spirit. He touched that man's life. When Jesus fed the 5,000, remember that story? Where all of a sudden they're out there and Jesus is preaching, he's sharing, and all of a sudden he realizes that these people are hungry. And he goes to his disciples, he says, do we have anything to feed them? And they're all panic and don't, what? And he says, let's find some, let's feed them, you feed them. We don't have anything, there's no store nearby, Jesus, but you feed them. Disciples all freaked out. They're looking. They find this little boy's lunch had two Two fish and five little loaves of bread. This is what we have, Jesus. And if you remember the story, Jesus broke the bread. He looked up into heaven and gave thanks. Heart of gratitude. And the miracle started. How did that miracle take place? I believe it was the faith of a little boy who was willing to sacrifice his lunch. I'm looking at this woman who had the faith to be able to step into a stranger's home. And she brought her alabaster jar and she was willing to sacrifice everything before Jesus. And then it was all of a sudden this heart of gratitude. Jesus took the bread, broke it, gave thanks, and the miracle started to take place. And all of a sudden, 5,000, more than 5,000. I think the Bible says 5,000. It was 5,000 that were fed that day. Because someone was willing to step out of faith, and Jesus broke the bread and gave thanks. See, it wasn't much that little boy gave, but it was all. He gave all. It wasn't much when that woman walked in and started shedding your tears and dry, but it was all. It was everything. You see, sometimes in our lives, we have to be willing to step out in faith. We only want to give Jesus this part. I'm preaching today, and some of you are going to go freak out on me right now, but that's okay. I'm going to give you this because I'm comfortable with this. And I'm going to give you this, Jesus, because I'm comfortable with this. And I'm going to give you this. Don't th- if you think about finances, take that out of your head. Get out of, I'm not preaching that right now. I'll preach on finances in a little bit, okay? Not that. 
You know what I'm talking about. I have this to give, I have this to give, that. but there's, there's one section right here, Jesus, I, don't, I can't give you this. No, I'm, I just can't give you that. Jesus wants all. When we are willing to surrender all, and we come to Christ with a heart of gratitude, and it's a brokenness that we come to Christ and we say, I give you everything. And when we're willing to give everything to Christ, it opens up the heart of God and miracles start taking place. If you read the Bible, you will see it over and over and over again where all of a sudden the the, the miracles happen out of a heart of gratitude. Do you know, I wasn't going to go here, but I'll go here anyhow. The great prophet Jonah, he was called to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. He went the opposite direction because he, he had this hatred in his heart towards the Ninevites. But God wanted him to go to Nineveh. He went the opposite way. He went sell out from Tarshish and didn't want to go there. If you remember the story, the waves came and it got bumpy. And he, Jonah knew it was his fault. He just cast me over and they cast him over and a big fish came and swallowed him. He's in the belly of a fish. That's a funny story. Come on. That's just, a, that's just, that's not a real story. That's just, this is Prophet Jonah. I don't know how you can say it's not a true story, but it's the Prophet Jonah sharing it. I'm just telling you. He, it says in the Bible that he was in Sheol, where it makes, the depths of hell. When he's in that fish, he feels like there is no way out. There is no possibility for him to ever be rescued. Some people, in, you might be sitting here today, you might be watching us online right now, where you feel like there's no way out, that you are desperate, that there is no hope for you. I've tried, Pastor Tom. I've tried, Pastor Tom. There's no hope. I can't stop sinning. I don't know what to do. I can't do it. I'm in the depths of hell, and I'm trying to get out, but I don't know what to do. When Jonah was in the depths of hell, read your Bible. You'll find out that all of a sudden, he gave thanks to the Lord in the belly of the fish. Read it. You'll you'll discover it. He gave thanks to the Lord. You are good. You are great. You are almighty. And in that moment, it says that the fish spit him out onto the beach. You see, some of you have been desiring your life to be set free from things in your life. And you just keep on struggling and struggling and struggling. And I'm telling you today, until you're willing to surrender all to Jesus... You bring it all to Jesus, and you give everything to him, and even that little portion that you want to hold back, and you say, Lord God, I'm grateful for who you are. At the moment, miracles start taking place in your life, but Jesus is just waiting. Are you willing to give all? Are you willing to give? I believe that, I don't, Brett, we didn't talk, and I'm going to share this story for just a second. I don't want to embarrass Brett. But I'm going to. Because I've experienced this in my own life. When he gave that Bible yesterday, and I didn't know anything about it, until last night he shared with me what was happening. He gave that Bible to this young man. And we don't know if this young man, because some of you might have thought the same thing as he was sharing that story. Oh my goodness, he gave his Bible that his wife gave him? Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, that was pretty precious. He was never going to, that kid probably never going to read that Bible. Did you think that? Maybe. 
You see, sometimes I don't think it's so much about the Bible. I don't think it's so much about that kid. I think it's way more about if Brett was willing to be obedient to God's voice. See, it's not so much how how does that, and man, I want to pray that this, this young man reads that Bible. I do. But it's more about how are we going to respond to the heart of God when we walk into the presence of God and we hear that voice and all of a sudden the woman just starts to weep and she starts to pull. She wets the Savior's feet with her tears. She starts to clean them off. She's drying them. She anoints them with oil. She starts to kiss his feet because she's in the presence of God and she's willing to surrender all to him. That's my story today. If you come as we enter into Thanksgiving, this Thursday's Thanksgiving, guys, are we going to enter in with gratitude for what God has done in our lives? Are we going to be willing to break down those walls in our life and say, Lord, I surrender all? That's where Christ wants us today. Lord, I thank you for this story. I thank you for your word. It is precious to each and every one of us. It is life-changing. Lord, I pray today for each and every person that is represented here today. For those who maybe have been struggling, maybe today I I stepped right into their living room. They've been trying to be set free, but they just keep on struggling. They've been trying to be, they've been trying to, to, but they're blinded to the truth and they're struggling. All you want is all of them. I pray today, God, that they would be able to surrender all that they would enter in with a heart of thanksgiving towards you with gratitude and say Lord God I give everything to you I have nothing left I just give it all to you and as we do that Lord I know that Lord God your heart is open in such a magnificent way and miracles begin to take place in our lives if you're here today every head bowed eyes closed And you need to make that decision. I'm not going to ask for you to raise your hand. I just want you to commit your heart. And you need to say, yeah, Pastor Tom, I'm in that situation right now. Maybe you're watching us online. You're saying, yeah, I've been struggling. I don't know why. I just can't seem to get right. I I try, Pastor Tom. I try. I'm going to ask you to give all to him. Those things that bring you comfort that you know are wrong, give it to him those things that you hang on to that just all of a sudden bring assurance to you give it to him whatever it might be that's holding you back make a choice today and give it to the savior if you are willing to step out in faith and put your trust in him guess what will take place he will heal your heart he will heal your mind he will heal your soul lord today we honor you and i pray for those here today that might be struggling in their faith I pray for those who are far from you, Lord, that their eyes might be open. And I pray for today, Lord God, that we all might be able to make that commitment to follow after you. If you're here today and you want to make that commitment, all you have to do, and I want everybody in this room, I want you to be online, say this prayer with me today. Today, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I choose to follow you today. Set me free from my sins, I pray. Help me to do do what is right. Give me the power of your Holy Spirit. I choose to surrender all today. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. I pray in this week that as we enter into Thanksgiving, that we enter in with a heart of gratitude. 
that we're willing to lay certain things down that maybe we've just picked up. Maybe it's picked up recently. Maybe you need to pick, lay it back down. Whatever it is, let's enter in with a heart of gratitude. Let's enjoy our Lord and Savior this week, as well as our family, as well as our friends. But don't leave God out of your life. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.